If you could see the ones you love one more time after they died, what would you say? What would you want to hear? My name is Gina Harris, and I got that chance. This is a musical memoir, a journey that came to me in songs and memories. This is the magic of ordinary things. We 
to, you and I need to, need to be here. For we can be older and we can be younger, we're close, what comfort that brings. The past joins the present, you taught me it can, and so I will feel. Three months after my mother died, she came to me in a dream. And we were together as we had never been before, kind and sweet. I turned to her and said, being here with you like this means the world to me. But I'm scared it will never happen again. She looked at me and said, It means the world to me, too. And when I woke up, everything was different, and I wrote that song, The Magic of Ordinary Things. But the road to that song was long and hard. And I want to tell exactly what happened. I want to tell the, the details and the moments and the decisions and, and the decisions and how time ran like a thief and I couldn't do a damn thing about it. I want to tell all of it I do. And moments, which moments? There were so many moments and they mattered so much to me. They still do. And I want everyone to know them, to understand. And I think they would, but it's hard to go back there. Anyway, let's start here. 1127 45th Street. Our address since I was seven. Home. Built in 1920. Empty for years. On a wide, quiet street. Shady with sycamores. The house was waiting for us. Mom and Dad said there'd be a garden out back. <gasps> My secret garden. About a million bazillion roses. And a gate that was from a European mansion. And a fountain with water so high I can't touch the top. But inside the house... The air is soft and cool. They call them Persian rugs and crown molding like a king. And stairs that go up and up and up to my very favorite place, the attic, the entire third floor. It's the perfect place to hide on a rainy day with my books and treasures. 
But when the weather's good, I sneak out at night. <laughs> Windows, big ones. Let me look inside, like when you turn a doll's house around and can see into all the rooms. In the kitchen, my mom cutting the cheesecake she made for dad, taking a piece up to him, turning the lights off as she goes. And in the yellow of my parents' bedroom window, my dad, eyeglasses perched on his forehead, nose in a book. And then there were the cocktail parties in the evening, in the summer. They think I'm in bed. <laughs> but I'd sit at the top of the stairs and look down like I'm there. All the grown-ups talking and laughing, my mom and dad happy. And out the window... The twilight got so blue, it was wonderful. I see us in the living room so long ago and young, naive of what would come. How we did cocktails in a kind of glow And no one could let the evening go Not when it felt like summer Not when it felt so much like summer Nice, isn't it? I wanted things to stay like that forever. But this is where it gets hard. It took months to pack up and sell the house. I couldn't touch Mom and Dad's things. I couldn't bear it. That's what happens when people die. Life looks the same. The dents are still in the pillows. The food is waiting. The sweater still hangs on the back of the chair. But the people disappeared. And that's how... Or maybe... Maybe they're in the other room and they'll be right back. Maybe Mom's in the kitchen, just like she always was. What you doing, Mom? Ah, ah, ah! Do not touch those cookies. You will ruin your dinner. Now, Gina, come here. The time has come to talk to you about something very important. Marriage. If you want a good marriage, you must never, never tell your husband what to do. I use chopped onions. When I want your father downstairs, I just take garlic, a little butter... Some chopped onions and saute, saute, saute. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, something sure smells good. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, what are you girls up to? Well, look who's here. Gina, look. Wow, <laughs> I can still smell the onions today. And Dad came down every time. Years later, although I could swear it was a minute later, three of the most important people in my life had died. My dad, my mom, and my singing teacher. Gone. And after, I couldn't remember, couldn't think, not really. It was as if all our life together, our memories, evaporated when they did. What now? Where do I belong? Where is my home? And how the hell am I going to get there? On my last day in the house, my house, I wandered through, trying to remember things, trying to memorize everything, but I couldn't find home here anymore. Then I saw my favorite picture from when I was little. How did I miss this? I found it in a used bookstore in an old album of Victorian portraits. I always wondered why the woman was all in white and alone next to a mirror. On the back, it just says Corinne. Sometimes... A picture can touch you, keep you company. It was wonderful moving into the new house, but it wasn't fun being the new kid on the block. Who do you think you are? You're not better than us. No, I just been playing. You can't join the game. Could go home and play with your parents. You're just a weirdo. Come on, let's go. Wait. Wait. And it wasn't always fun being at home. Look, Mom, I'm working on my new dance. Gina, now listen to me. When the guests arrive, you will be very good. Yeah, I'm going to show them my new dance. Uh-huh. It's really good. Uh-huh. No, no, no. just... Say a quick hello no, but and then it's a good go- dance. They'll like it. You just go and see. Say a quick hello and then go upstairs. Oh, mom. I just I just want to show them my new dance. I didn't fit in anywhere. I couldn't find a place where I felt safe. Then I found Corinne. She understood. Corinne was my friend. I used to go to the attic and stare at her picture for hours, make up stories. Did she have any friends? Did she have a family? Did she miss them? Then on that last day at the house, it hit me. She's me. I'm her. It's so weird, but a hundred years ago, maybe Corinne wandered through her house, just like I wandered through mine.
the picture of Corinne, you know the one of her against the wall, next to the mirror, her and her reflection, a photo taken after everyone she loved was gone. Do you remember the talk? How she wasn't quite right. They said shy, dressed in white, alone in that big lonely house. How she'd likely disappear, poor dear. Her family was all she lived for. But people didn't know her. No, they never, never knew her like I do, like I wish to. Corinne, Corinne, did you wait for them to go and hope it would set you free? Corinne, Corinne, will you tell me things? I'm longing to know moments alone, you with me. We were good girls, Corinne and I. Grew up in houses quiet and dark, rooms hardly used, but always dusted. With parents who mistrusted the need to dance or hum a tune, she's facing the camera, head bent as if to say anything you want, anything. But look at her reflection, and you'll see something else—a woman who waits quietly. Hiding herself, like I did, like I sometimes do. Corinne and I love the attic. What's fun is the house has a courtyard in the middle with windows on the sides. So sometimes I put Corinne's picture in this window here, and then run to the opposite window over there and look back. We can see each other, so we're not alone. You know she sold the house. Where did she go? What did her future bring? Did she learn to dance and sing? Did she find anything to captivate her days? Or did she wither and never take the chance? I'll never, never know. But as I stare at her photo and try to see her, I pretend this picture catches the moment before she stepped from the wall and began her life away from them all.
from within Things I must know about you About me Imagine Corinne sold her house. Maybe she got a new life. Maybe. If she could remember all the good things and move on, could I? That last day, I remember running out to the garden. My secret garden. To remember and say goodbye. But there were no roses. The gate was rusty with peeling paint. The fountain was almost dry. It was like I was never there. And Corinne was just a picture. I took a train home last night to see if you were there. I took a train home last night To feel the mystery in the air You left my world, never told me why And you know I wasn't ready to say goodbye I took a train home last night To try to find you there I took a train home last night To remember who I am I took a train home last night To feel like myself again Walked down empty streets Didn't know what to do Cause you know the best of me Is inside of you I took a train home last night To remember who I am I took a train home last night I was half step out of time I took a train home last night I was half out of my mind I was walking in the present but living in the past Searching for memories, should have known they wouldn't last I took a train home last night I was half step out of time a train home last night My pain she has to end I took a train home last night My heart she has to mend If only I could hold you in my arms once more If only I could hear you call my name like before I took a train home last night My pain she has to end a train home last night I learned my lesson well I took a train home last night It's a story I'm gonna tell and tell I never knew how easy it could be Of course the best of you is right 
inside of me I took a train last night And I walked And I thought And I dreamed And I loved And I learned my lesson well Learned my lesson well <laughs> Or so I thought Look I want to say I wanted to say to myself that I I learned my lesson well, moved on. I want to say I was fine. I wasn't fine. The truth is, I was alone. And then the part of my brain that wishes me harm, the part of my brain that is not my friend, took over. And she kept at me. And she kept at me. And I began to think, was I a good daughter? Did I do enough? Did I show up for them? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know. All rise. The 45th District Court in Gina Harris's mind is in session. The Honorable Judge Harris presiding. Be seated. The court is now in session. We call docket... 1127, The People versus Gina Harris. Mr. Prosecutor. Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the accused was fortunate to have been born to a dedicated mother and father who loved and supported her both emotionally and financially through... Twelve years of private school, five years at an exorbitantly expensive college, nine failed relationships, six abrupt career changes, 17 moves in 25 years, and two marriages, the first of which was an unmitigated disaster. And where was their daughter all this time? At their side, thanking them for a nest so beautifully feathered? Ha! Far from it. Gina was off living her own life, thinking of herself. Order in the court. Now, the defense may say that for much of this time Gina was young, unschooled, needing to learn to love, etc., etc. We will show that no age can exempt a daughter from displaying basic gratitude for her parents in recognition of their love and care. In summation... That daughter demonstrated little in the way of real love or empathy due such devoted parents who gave her everything they could. The prosecution calls Gina Harris to the stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth? And nothing but the truth. Yes, but I... Argumentative, Your Honor. Sustained. Ms. Harris. Gina. Did 
you not, at the ages of five, eight, and twelve, willfully wander off to play with friends, buy ice cream, and go to the mall for hours and hours deep into the night without telling your parents where you were? We didn't know where you were, Gina. Oh, Mom. It got so late. We thought something had happened to you. Uh, uh. We were on the verge of calling the police. Oh, Dad. How could you do that to your mother? Did you not, virtually every week from the age of two, whine, complain, mule, carp, stamp your feet, pout, throw tantrums, talk over your parents, and refuse to listen to them? Uh, yes, but doesn't most every kid do that? We couldn't reach you, Gina. You were so angry. Oh, no, I, Your I... mother worried every day. Oh, Sometimes she couldn't sleep. No, wait. I was a good girl, too. I didn't get in trouble like the other kids. I didn't shoplift or drink or do drugs. And in those last years with my parents, I did things. Oh, yes. And was there not... One thing you did that can never be undone? I don't want to talk about that. Permission to treat the witness as hostile, Your Honor? No! It's my turn! Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, during those last hard years with Dad's dementia and Mom so tired... I showed up. I helped them. It's the Oxycontin, Gina. He double-dosed again. I keep hiding the pills, but he finds them. Mom, you have got to tell the doctors the Why truth. Why is everyone keeping secrets? Makes me so goddamn mad. Oh, oh, hello. I'd like to speak with the doctor about his patient, Saul Friedlander. I haven't showered him in two weeks. Yes, I know you need his permission. No water. I want to go upstairs. I just want to tell the doctor what's really going on. We're fine. You're killing me. Your dad's back is getting better. But the doctor's not getting the right information. How did I get here? I know the doctor can't talk to me, but can he listen? You know, you didn't do enough. You failed them. I tried. Where were you when they needed oh, you? Stop it. You could have done so much more. You call that love? Stop it. The thing with you <laughs> is... You weren't there. Well, I hope you're Glad satisfied. you had plans. Stop it. Come on, face you it. You thought of yourself no. first. If you hadn't been thinking you could have that help. So and you failed. Well, they needed you. You screwed up. Where were you the night your father died? Dear Dad, I wish with all my heart I'd canceled that trip. You know the one. Right before you died, sometimes I take myself back to that moment and make the opposite decision. I picture being there with you and Mom, the three of us. Tell me, where have you gone? Is it very far? How will I live my life?
my days without knowing where you are will i meet you by the river please tell me where and when they talk and talk of such a Again. No, I, I couldn't keep you. No matter what I planned, and had to watch you slip away. I'll never understand. Will you meet me by the? The wind, but tell me, it's your breath I hear, for I feel a different river, one inside. She never ends. You and I, we could have a. I wasn't there when my dad died. I did that wrong. But it's not right, not human, not really, to say that was the whole picture. Don't forget the moon, kiddo. The week we spent watching Lonesome Dove together, 
cowboys and Indians on the Texas plains. See you around, fellas. <laughs> Remember Dietz? Ah, oh, Dietz. The cowhand who watched the moon at night. Sometimes it's full and yellow. So close you could almost touch it. Other times it's a thin wide hook. Like something you'd hang a jewel on. Gina. Sometimes the moon goes cold and shadows run you. It's a powerful thing. I know. But remember the inscription I wrote to a girl who brightens life, shining from the tip of a white, white moon. Love, Dad. Ah, ah, ah. And there was the time your father was in the hospital. He had to spend the night. You just couldn't let him stay there all alone. I stopped, took a breath before opening the door because of course, of course, I'd been here before. Wanting to help you and cheer your world And secretly hoping you'd remember your girl I came to read to you The old-time stories of cowboys and Indians Big sky glories You jumped on your horse While I sang a tune As we worked to restitch The invisible moon I brought myself here So much to face But couldn't think of you in this sterile place You wondering and worrying Where you were And the woman inside I did it for her What I got in return Was the kind of love I'd spent many days Dreaming of Sitting close by the campfire Feeling our glow Making plans by firelight Miles to go I came to read to you The old-time stories Of cowboys and Indians Big sky glories You jumped on your horse While I sang a tune As we worked to restitch The invisible moon mm -hmm. 
your broken mind could it hold our fantasy you saw a failed man and i was just me watching our world slip away too soon the laughter the prairie the invisible moon oh you looked so sad could it leave you that way your cowboys your heroes what would they say you shrugged and then said with a slight dusty grin we could pick ourselves up and start over again I came to read to you the old time stories of cowboys and Indians and big sky glories you jumped back on your horse I sang my tune and you helped me restitch the invisible moon Yes, you taught me to restitch the invisible moon. I did show up for Dad. I just forgot the times we were happy together. I know I showed up for Mom, too, but moms and dads are different. When my dad talked to me, it was things like, Hey, kiddo, how's my little nut? Let's go eat a pomegranate. With Mom, it was... Any daughter will understand this. It's just things are, are different between mothers and daughters. There's a lot of management, back and forth. There's a, a tension between us. We see ourselves in each other. Our mothers know what it's like to be a woman in the world, and, and they want to protect us, sometimes by changing us. And my mom was a gem, always ready for her close-up. Oh, no. You're going to go out in that? Do you have to wear such dark lipstick? Okay, if you're going to be an actress, can you be that heavy? And remember, there was management on both sides. Mom, Mom, you have got to read this. A mother must encourage her daughter to be as individuated as possible. She must get over her guilty desire to overcompensate and place herself on the side of the child's development. This is psychology today. Ah, ah, ah. 516. 500 and what? 516. 
This is the number of times in your life I have told you to take the Kleenex out of your pockets before putting things in the wash. This is not overcompensating. But mom, this is a daughter who will not listen. Mom, this is a daughter who was not there five hundred and sixteen times oh, when I had to pick apart those tiny, balled-up, fly-away stick. To everything, pieces of Kleenex, oh, and why, oh why, did I not give up after the three hundred and forty-seventh time? After a while, even the lab rats learn to avoid the little red button. Oh, look at this rug! Your Kleenex is everywhere. Just a minute. No, it is my job to do anything that will help you be a more careful, considerate person. Oh, mom, that's my foot. Gina, come here. This is why I shush you when you talk to strangers in parking lots, make jokes in libraries, dance, sing, hum. Oh God, those clothes! People will look at you funny, and I will not have them looking at my daughter like that. My beautiful daughter. I was her beautiful daughter. My mom did want the best for me. She held me in her arms when I was a baby. And wanted the very best for me. This was my childhood. She gave me everything she could, like sixty inches of buttercream chiffon that my mom sewed for three days straight to put together teeny tiny ruffles for a Barbie doll ball gown. So I could win the best homemade Barbie doll outfit contest in second grade. I won. It wasn't even close. I don't remember saying thank you. That same year, I bought a kit from Highlights magazine for Father's Day and made my dad this. I poured my heart and soul into that. For Mother's Day, I made my mom this. That's right. I didn't do anything for Mom. Mom, it really was all about me, and sometimes Dad, and I wasn't grateful to you worth a damn. Oh, Mom, you waited all your life for something from me that made you feel special. What was it like for you when I was nine, fifteen, twenty-two, and you never got anything? Yet you loved and cared for me. You were always at the upstairs window waiting for me when I pulled in the driveway, and you were there again as I drove away. And in those last eight days of your life, as we both lived in your bedroom, and I slept with my hand on your heart, 
so I would know the moment you stopped breathing. My eyes opened, and my heart blossomed. And your last eight days For me to calmly sit And realize Something gentle had opened between us As you softly began to close your eyes Through the window What scene would we show For things are rarely one way they seem And every day moment Of just us two Or a handmaiden With her sleeping queen And then my queen Became my servant too Such important things Go round and round Your stillness helped me grow young And younger still The music of your breath The silence of a sound Forgive me then My tears and my regret On my shoulder lived a liar and a thief Who said I didn't love you well enough Sought to warm myself with grief. Mom's been in a coma for six days. We're holding hands. I'm stroking her hand with my fingertips the way she used to with me when I was a kid. Look, Mom, I'm doing what you used to do. Very slowly, she starts stroking my hand. She heard me. Sometimes you visit inside my dreams How wondrous to see you so kind and strong What a comfort to know that you helped me Steal from the thief what was mine all along For in truth I loved you deeply but not well To say I only failed you is a lie Who else could push you But also make you laugh Who sat with you to hear of times gone by And now you speak to me When night time comes On empty roads where my footsteps fall
I love the angels, but I've got some bad news. That voice inside us that wishes us harm, that is not our friend, never goes away, ever. It came up, <laughs> it comes up all the time. Like when it leans in and says, Go ahead, have some chocolate. It's one of the food groups. Or, relax, you can do that tomorrow. Let's go eat something. Or, you failed your parents. But, good news, I began to hear another voice inside me. One I call, and I'm going to steal from the gospel tradition here, one I call my father. Not my biological father, but a force of goodness and strength inside me like a father. And this voice, when I listen to it, helps me fight the devil inside. They're both in there. I want. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> what about me? I have a devil's me <laughs> Licks my ear, makes me hot <laughs> I have a devil who schools me In the lust for things The poison he wants Sweet poison He whispers you are alone, you better hide your heart And grab what you need But I push back, put him down Feel the embrace And the grace of the light in the darkness because my father loves me, yeah. My father loves me, yeah. My father loves me, yeah. He sees me play just as I am. My father loves me, yeah. He sees me. Never enough And they better be mine He knows the child I am To get my way The tantrums, the tears And there's hell to pay And he loves me, loves me Yeah My father loves me Yeah He sees me playing Just as I am My father loves me Yeah He knows the Days like time will never end, and they're giving it away. And he loves me, loves me, yeah. My father loves me, yeah. He sees it all the bad and the good. My father loves me, loves me, loves me like I hoped he would. 
just not that talented. Man, you've wasted your life. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody really likes you. This may sound strange, but after my parents died, I took my first breath in a long, long time. I didn't have to worry about them anymore. I felt they were safe somehow. I was relieved. I could start living my life again. And the first thing I wanted to do was learn to sing. And sometimes... When you wish for a teacher, she appears. Mine was Lillian Lavochkin Lauren, singing teacher. That first day, I walked in and I saw an absolutely elegant, beautiful older woman standing at the piano. I mean, dressed to the nines elegant, like she was expecting a lover elegant. And I knew what she did all day was teach students in her house. All right, darling, let's begin. You are the promised kiss of springtime that makes the lonely winter seem long. Oh, I don't know, Lillian. Sometimes when I sing, my throat hurts. Well, of course your throat hurts, darling. You're hollering. Uh, uh, no one ever looked at me and said the truth so simply before. This was the teacher for me. I always sang, mostly in my attic, although sometimes I would sing in public and, and hope someone would notice. But now I was waking up, and, and I knew there were things in me I could only express through music. I needed to sing. Let's begin, darling. Lie down. Yes, darling, down. On the floor. We've got to distract you from your throat. Now, 
Move your arms and legs up and down like you're making an angel in the snow. Mm-hmm. That's right. I call these carpet angels. Now sing. You are the promised kiss of springtime that makes the lonely winter seem long. Is this me? Of course that's you, darling. Now get up, up, dance, sing, hum, move to the rhythm, be big every day. But won't people look at me funny? Let them. If people want to look at you funny, let them leave. Lillian lived from happiness. It was infectious. And when I wanted to give up, which I did sometimes because learning is never easy, she laughed me through it. She taught me how not to give up. For years, twice a week, I was fed. Live the words, darling. Tell the story. Your body knows what to do. Sing from the whole bowl of you. Stop trying to sing like all those nice girls with the little voices. Nice girls can't sing. You're abroad, a dame. Your voice has all the colors. Give them to us. Sing because you love it, and we will too. <laughs> it was heaven for a long time. Then Lillian started double booking her lessons. Sometimes she'd call in the middle of the night to tell me I was late. Sometimes. She forgot where she lived. Life with my parents taught me to recognize when a mind is coming under attack. Because of them, I knew what to do. My parents had taught me how to love. So, when Lillian was down, she and I would shop her favorite catalogs. When food became a hardship, I showed up with groceries and lunch. When she couldn't keep her calendar anymore, I did. Lillian always said if she couldn't teach, she couldn't live. So I led a group of her most devoted students to make sure she had one lesson a day. For at least one hour every day until the last week of her life, Lillian Lavochkin Lauren remembered she was a teacher. Lillian was elegant until the very end. On one of the last days she was alive, we played Satie's Gymnopédie Number no. One. I sat by her bed, holding for the second time the hand of my sleeping queen. Lillian always said we would travel well together, and we did. First, her guiding me to a world of music, and now my guiding her to a world only she would see. But how young we were those last months! How we would play together in our imaginations! How we would laugh and play! Lillian wouldn't want me to be sad. 
She wouldn't want me to give up. I swear I could hear her. Never give up, darling. Follow your music. Trust yourself. You know what to do. But the time had come for us to go our separate ways. She on her path and I on mine as I sat there waiting. I wrote us a song. Go little girl and find your home. Sleep little one and I'll keep watch. No one can know or understand the mystery that we are together and how we'll live in dreams forever Go little girl and don't you look back let go of my Want to feel you free They'll not care and won't know why I sing for you a forbidden lullaby Ooh. Mm-hmm.
Where do I belong? Where is my home? Right here. joins the present you taught me it can and so I will feel the touch of your hand the magic of ordinary After all that, I wanted to celebrate something somehow, and so I decided to write a love song. And I wanted to write a really great one. But no matter what I did, no song came. Nothing. So, to blow off steam at times like this, I like to take walks at night And sometimes my husband, Steve, comes to the end of our block to escort me home. It's sweet. So in the middle of not being able to write this love song, I stomped off for my walk. At the end, when I was almost home, I looked up, and there Steve was, standing there waiting for me. At that moment... Three things hit me. One, I love this man more than I ever thought possible. Two, shit, now I'm going to have to really be with him, not not just living in my own little world. Three, no one's going to want to hear a love song about a, a woman of a certain age who finally realizes she loves her husband after 23 years of marriage? <laughs> Not sexy. So I wrote the love song no one wants to hear. No one wants to hear this song. No one wants to hear how I walked and saw you waiting for me You in the green and velvet night Waiting for me How I saw you that moment With hands in pockets as you do Wearing the sweater you let me give you For Christmas, you waiting for me on an ordinary night at the end of a tunnel of trees. No one wants to hear the years and effort it took to look up. To wake up that night 
that ordinary night And see you as never before How I looked at you and thought I could never leave you No matter what How inconvenient that is My life was much easier before When I could pretend My happiness isn't tied to yours No one wants to hear How bewildered I felt that night After years of grasping for dreams How strange to see my dreams Quietly before me No one wants to hear Except perhaps You, my dear Magic of Ordinary Things was written and performed by Gina Harris, directed by Michael French, and with music direction and sound editing by Jason Martineau. Original soundscapes imagined by Gina and created by Gina and Jason. Music performed by the Jason Martineau Trio. You can find all of the music from the show at GinaHarris.com, where you can also find photos, videos, and more. I'd like to express my thanks to Saul and Rita Friedlander, Steve Harris, Dr. Robert Thur, Lillian Lauren, Susie Morris, Nico, the Phoenix Theater, the team at Let's Reimagine End of Life, and everyone who has encouraged me along the way. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with someone you love who you think might need to hear it. Even when all seems lost, there is always hope.